Welcome back to the NBA Recap Show on the Mojo Sports Network, where a panel of NBA quote-unquote experts who chat weekly about the most interesting developing stories, stats, and trends in basketball. Our starting point guard, we've got the main man from Shepard and dishing up dimes, Jack Brophy from Sports Confidential. At the two spot, the man from Melbourne, our fantasy team fanatic, Julian Balthazar. At the other two spot, we got Perth's mini basketball encyclopedia, the all-knowing Yuri Bilsic. And our third shooting guard, I once said he looked like Jamal Murray, he's a prolific writer and a Celtics homer, it's Mr. Tom Dev out of Melbourne. And me, I'm the only big on the roster, but these guys make it oh so easy for me. Your host and Queensland's own, Alexander J from the 5-Minute Sports Show, B-Ball Bites. Sit back and enjoy today's show, and don't forget to rate our podcast wherever you're listening. Let's go. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first official 2023 Mojo Sports Network NBA Mock Draft. It's a really terrible round of applause, guys. <laughs> As always, for today's episode, I'm your host, Alexander J. Tonight, I'm also the commissioner of the NBA and a general manager. I have with me in the green room, Yuri and Tom. No Jack or Jules for this evening's festivities, but I do have a very special guest He's the COO of Mojo Sports and the only other Queenslander I know in this company. As far as I know, he's making his NBA show debut. It's Mr. Ben McQueen. How are you, mate? Oh, well, thanks, guys. Great to be on here and appreciate the invite. And yeah, game two tonight and I'm sure we'll get it done. Yuri, Tom, how are you guys? I haven't spoken to you for like four whole days. Oh, good, Alex. Great to be on as always and can't wait to do one of these drafts. It's always fascinating right before the draft and, you know, to lead into what potential picks certain teams are going to do or maybe trade up. So can't wait to get stuck into it. Tom, yourself, how are you, mate? Yeah, no, pretty good. Been walking a little little, bit, little few inches tall since that Jamal Murray comparison the other week. And uh, <laughs> my, my friends knocked it back, but my family has confirmed they think I do look like him. So I'll take it. I feel good then. I don't feel so silly. Look, today, the rules for today's mock draft is I want to get through it kind of quick because obviously State of Origin right after those for those Australian listeners. But we're going to rotate through uh, the draft snake style through picks 1 to 20 time permitting. Uh, prior to the show, I randomized the draw of contestants and Ben was awarded the first pick. I think I know who he might pick. Yuri is going to pick second. I pick third. Then Tom picks fourth. And then we reverse snake style and continue on. Um, our GMs for tonight, they can propose a trade at any point during the event, but only for a team they're in control of. So, for example, I have Portland with the third pick, but if I want to make a trade at number 14 from Portland's point of view, I can propose that and we'll see what our contestants feel. Uh, that's it. That's the whole deal. I'm not a draft expert. Um, I've watched a little bit of some player guys. Tom, Yuri, Ben, are you guys draft experts? Half, half on the line. <laughs> Tom? Uh, maybe the top few prospects, but we'll see how we go. Ben, I know you left your scouting late this year too. Yeah, historically I've been pretty into it, and I do, I do enjoy um, you know the science behind it. And in previous years, I've certainly really loved it. But yeah, good to be getting back into it this year. There's no excuse for you, Ben. You're a Bulls fan, as far as I'm aware, and you yeah. should have been picking pretty high. So, <laughs> what have we yeah. got tonight for the Bulls? They're somewhere far down the list, I think. Right? Yeah, no, we're in sight. Our, our tanking over the last few years has been pretty pretty terrible. Hey, sorry for bringing that up. All right. I'm hearing from the commissioner, which is also me. It is time to announce our very first pick. Ben McQueen, welcome to the stage. You are the San Antonio Spurs. And who are you picking with the first overall draft pick? 
Yeah, so no trades for me here. So pretty obvious with this one. I think Wemby's going to be a great fit in San Antonio. Obviously, the development system, the track record, especially with big men that they've had of developing people, I think that's really going to work well for them. I think in one of the better leagues in Europe as well, 21, 10, two and a half assists, three blocks, and pretty good efficiency too in terms of a lot of three-point attempts, which I like, and good free throw percentage. He has that small um, physique, and he's quite thin, so that that is some issues he's going to have to add on size. But I think just when you get that intersection of skill and height, then combined with those factors that he will probably shoot and probably the most skill we've ever seen with someone with his length and size, then you just can't pass up that opportunity. I don't see the issue that some people are putting out there about him being put in the post constantly. I know there's that famous clip of him on Twitter where he's getting backed up and he gets dunked on. And I think Kendrick Perkins had a a famous reaction to it. But I just don't think NBA teams really target players that way. You know, maybe in the playoffs in a few years' time when he's put on a bit of weight, you know, when he'd be in that position, is I don't think it's going to be an issue come then because I think initially first few years you might look and try and put a strong player beside him. Maybe they play columns with him as well and really try and stop him um, being targeted. I think there might be some rest as well for him in line for the first few years. But I yeah. don't think you overthink it. I think we just take the best prospect available. And, you know, I, for a comparison, I don't have anyone because we just have never really seen anyone quite like him. So I've got a list of comparisons I've stolen from the ringers Kevin O'Connor for every pick this year. And his comparison to Victor Wembanyama is a Gen Z Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. If you're compared to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, there's some pretty high expectations and there's not a lot you can work on at this age. Yuri or Tom, I'm guessing you're not going to try and propose a trade and sneak up and get that number one pick. I'm getting a no from Yuri. Tom, anything? Look, not not to be a complete Debbie Downer, and I'm I'm as excited as anyone to see Victor in the league. But um, should we be worried he doesn't live up to this kind of hype? I mean, the last pick uh, one to win a championship for the team that drafted them was Kyrie in 2011. Since 1979, the year Magic Johnson was taken at one, only seven players taken with the first pick went on to win a championship for the team that drafted them. So that's 43 years. So overdue. I'm a bit overdue, but those list of players, Magic Johnson, James Worthy, both on the Lakers, Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, won those two uh, championships with the Rockets when Michael Jordan famously wasn't in the league, David Robinson, Tim Duncan on the Spurs together, and then LeBron James went back to Cleveland, so you can kind of put an asterisk on that one, and Kyrie Irving. Last 10 first-round picks, three players are no longer on that team. Three of them are currently up in trade discussions. I don't know. I, I think Victor's going to be a success, but also I, I feel like recently we just haven't really – seen number one picks kind of live up to the hype. And I'm a bit worried that with everything that's been said about Wemby, he might not actually reach the levels that we are expecting of him. So here are all the minuses I've found for Victor Wembanyama. He's one of the guys I have watched quite a lot of footage over the last uh, three or four months, particularly. Um, He's got a bit of, he could use some improvement on his left hand. Um, He's a really tall, lanky guy, but he settles for mid-range a lot, especially against the competition in France where you think maybe he's got the length and athleticism to get around him. Um, And Kevin O'Connor has a quote that I want to give to you guys. Unusually tall humans like him have durability issues in the NBA. Those are the three things you can pin on Vic. Um, I think we're all pretty excited. Yuri, 10 seconds on Wembenyama because we've got to move on to the second pick. Does that remind me of his frame of a Sean Bradley? That's what it reminds me of right away. Yeah, seven foot six and very lanky. So that's something I thought about earlier today. Yuri Bilsic, you are the GM for the Charlotte Hornets and you have the second pick in the draft. Yeah, so I've got selecting Brandon Miller from the University of Alabama, a six foot nine small forward and someone that can really complement LaMelo Ball extremely well. We know exactly what happened last season with LaMelo and those ankle injuries, but Brandon's and 
reliable jump shot, can get to the rim as well. And Charlotte needs more of those wing guys that supply defense, but also elite shooting too. And I believe he fits the category well. I think he'll fit well in Steve Clifford's system. Clifford is a no-nonsense, old-school defensive-type coach as well. And we've seen Brandon improve defensively during his time at collegiate level. And I just believe that getting LaMelo back, fitting him alongside Charlotte taking Brandon Miller at pick two. Then you have as well with PJ Washington and Mark Williams. I feel like that's a good young core moving forward for the Hornets because Alex, they haven't had too much success with their draft picks. Of course, we know a long time ago, selecting Larry Johnson first overall, 1991, Lonzo pick two the following year, 1992. But apart from that, they haven't had too many successes with their draft picks. Maybe apart from Baron Davis, he was a point guard all the way back in 1999. But this is the first time, probably since then, Alex, apart from Kemba Walker, the ninth pick back in 2011, that Charlotte can build around both Brandon Miller and LaMelo Ball into the future. And that's why I've got him second. And you and I were talking before we hit record about we were so curious about what Yuri was going to do with the second pick. What is your immediate reaction to Brandon Miller going second to Charlotte? I think it's going to be... Sorry, I meant to I say said, Ben Wallace's oh. reaction. I know Yuri's just spoken <laughs> for two minutes. Sorry, mate. Ben. Yeah, so with this one, I actually... So this isn't what I would have done. It's just because... So in terms of, you know... In terms of helping winning in the playoffs, I think it's going to be quite close between them. But I would have taken the almost a bit of a cop-out, but with just getting fans in the stadium. They haven't had a lot of draft hits, as you've mentioned. And I think just he's an excitement machine. He, I don't want to go into too much to um, what I assume Alex is going to do next. But, you know, he reminds me of Russ just in terms of that captivating player, you know, with that athleticism. And, you know, in terms of who you'd want to watch, it's pretty clear for me. Now, if you think that he can take that leap to become like a bit of a Paul George Tatum-style player, then I understand it. But I don't necessarily view him as a primary. I'm not sure if you do, Yuri. But just for that reason, you know, I think they'd appreciate something to watch in Charlotte. And that's, I guess, why I would go that way. I don't know if you saw me, Yuri, when you were announcing uh, you're taking Brandon Miller. I was very ecstatic with that choice. Go ahead. No, I definitely believe he can become the first scoring option, Ben. And just touching on Paul George as well, when he was drafted 10th overall back in 2010, he was drafted as a defensive player and steadily got better as an offensive player, saw Kawhi Leonard in 2011, drafted as a defensive player, 15th overall, and I think it was traders part of that Indiana pick for, for George Hill. But we've seen players over the years, small forward players, that have steadily progressed in terms of their scoring production and being that offensive potent threat. And Brandon's got that already in his toolkit. It's just a defensive side. If he further cleans it up, then he can become that exceptional two-way player. I am the third pick in the draft with the Portland Trailblazers, and I am so relieved because if Brandon Miller fell to three, I was going to try and finagle a trade with Tom and the Raptors at 13 for Pascal and something that didn't make a lot of sense for anybody. But I'm going to take Scoot Henderson with the third pick in the draft. Um, I have his comparison as a Russell Westbrook type, um, a guy who can detonate at the rim, ambidextrous. He's a good shooter at mid-range. Yeah, the height's an issue. He's six foot two and he's turnover prone but he could improve as a three-point shooter. 
that's not what Portland need. They don't need someone to take the ball necessarily away from Damian Lillard or to shoot the three. They need someone with a different skill set. And I think that explosibility, that dog, that athlete, that scooter shown in the G League um, is exactly the right pick for Portland. If Brandon Miller was there, I think they trade and try and do something else. Um, Tom, your immediate thoughts. Look, I, I've got down in my notes here. It's sort of just trade the pick or trade game. That's what's going to happen. And I have a feeling like if we're in this scenario on Friday and Scoot Henderson is available at the third spot, that pick might not be getting traded and they might be trading Dame. Whereas I feel like if Scoot Henderson is taking it too, I think they're going to be trying to trade that pick at all costs. And look, Dame has already stated, he's gone on the record, he's not interested in playing with a younger prospect. So if they do use this pick, I'm pretty sure they will trade him. Um, and look, a trade that I did quickly come up with is, is Zion. I mean, you can go pick three and Simons for Zion straight up and that works. And, you know, there's rumors coming out that Zion wants out and Pelicans want out. So who knows? And Pelicans want Scoot. So I've got the Pelicans at 14. Should I trade with myself? <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe not for 14. The Houston Rockets come up to the board and select. Uh, and then Thompson. Uh, so the guard forward from uh, the overtime elite league, six foot six, seven foot wingspan, wingspan, sixteen point four uh, points per game, five point nine rebounds per game, five point nine assists per game, fifty six point eight percent from the field. I mean, he's got athleticism. He's very versatile on the defensive end. He's an elite shot creator. Uh, he's got good ball handling, and he can sort of play all over the place uh, in positional wise. And look, his three point shooting, he only shot 25%. So that's, that's not great. And teams were willing to leave him open and go under on screens. Uh, and his free throw shooting 65.6%, not great. Um, and uh, you know, I haven't watched a lot of him, but apparently there was not much improvement on his shot throughout. And he averaged 3.2 turnovers per game, but this is a three man draft really. So having the four pick is going to be kind of hard. You look at who Houston needs and they sort of do need that kind of, forward guy who can come in and sort of support Jalen Green, Kevin Porter um, and Jabari and look Shangoon. And if they get a small forward here, I, I do think that they could maybe develop them well and have a formidable starting five in maybe three, four years time. I, um, I, I'm i su- surprised Armen went over Ossa. Uh, ben or Yuri, do you know much about the Thompson, either of the Thompson twins? So I think it's just pick your poison, really. I think, you know, it just depends who you ask who, who they have first. I think Asura, for me, is the preferable prospect, but Amon's really good too. And I love their – they're both quite fierce competitors as well and good, you know, character players as well. So I like that about them as well. And I do like this pick in Houston too just because they need some playmaking in there, really. And it's sort of out of position playmaking. I'm not sure about them as a primary just because of those creation questions. But, yeah, I, I do like to pick. Yuri? Yeah, we touched upon it on Sunday. Alex Houston had their problems last season in terms of off- offensive isolation. When the ball got stagnant, they couldn't generate any player off-ball movement. And I think that is definitely one of the, a right pick for Houston just to get a bit more of that ball distributed and try and get a bit more free-flowing offense because I think that's something with now Ime Doku taking over as the Houston Rockets coach that he preaches as well, apart from the defensive side of things, that has player off-ball and on-ball movement. So I think it's definitely the right selection. Tom, you have the next pick in the draft as well for the Detroit Pistons. Are we sick of that sound yet? <laughs> oh, maybe a few more picks. Uh, so I'm not going to go uh, Morris Twin senior, junior sort of fashion and pick two twins in a row. I'm actually going to go 
uh, courtesy of Jack uh, yeah. you know, on the show. Going to go with Cam Whitemore uh, from Villanova, six foot six, uh, six foot eight wingspan, twelve point five points per game, five point three rebounds per game, one point four steals per game, forty seven point eight percent from the field, thirty four point three percent from uh, the three. Yeah, he's explosive off the dribble. He's got a solid three pointer. He gets to the rim. He he has a tendency to go after offensive rebounds, at least from the highlights reels that I did sort of see of him. Um, look, he only averaged zero point seven assists per game. That's going to be the downside. But with Cade Cunningham and Ivy on the team, I'm not sure how much ball handling he'll need to do and playmaking he'll need to do. Seventy point three percent from the free throw line, not great. Um, and for a small forward, he's got no po- uh, post game, and he can sometimes take some uh, poor shots. Uh, and he does he does have a tendency to miss open teammates. Although on Detroit next year, how many open teammates is he really going to have? Who knows? And he's not a great defender. Uh, but from watching his highlight reel, and you know, no surprise, I'm going to try and weave this guy in here. But he does remind me a bit of a rookie, Jason Tatum. Just just the way he goes about his game. He's got a solid step back and just his offensive package. Just does remind me a bit of Tatum. And do I think he'll end up being the Tatum's level? Probably not. But I think this could be a solid option uh, to sort of be Kay Cunningham's two man on this Detroit team for years to come. Any other questions or statements there at Cam Whitmore at five to Detroit? I think that's a pretty good pick, Tom. I yeah. Nothing? Oh, that sucks. Because I have Orlando with the sixth pick, and I am so totally open to trades here. I've got Orlando twice at the sixth and the 11th pick. I could package them and try and get one of the Thompsons off of Houston. Uh, I don't think Portland does it. It's a bit of a bummer here for Atlanta or Orlando because they've got quite a good forward matchup um, with Wendell Carter Jr., with uh, Rookie of the Year Pablo Bencaro. Uh, sorry, Paolo Bencaro. Um, who else am I forgetting? Franz Wagner. Sorry, Yuri. Um, I know you're a good Franz Wagner fan. And everyone on the board, best player available, the next four or five picks are all forwards. And I really struggle to feel, to see what Orlando does. Maybe they take a flyer on a shooter. So for that reason, I'm scanning through my notes. Am I going to make a mistake? I think I pick, oh, I hate this. I'm going to go with somebody who was projected outside the top 10 in Keontae George from Baylor University. Um, he is a bit of shades of Bradley Beal as per the ringers. Kevin O'Connor uh, can shoot the pull up, the step back. He's a good finisher with either hand. He can take uh, uh, some damage at the rim and still make it fall. The knock on him is he's uh, six foot four, not too small, but not huge for a guard. And he's got a really slow first step um, for Orlando. I don't think that's the best pick for them, but it might be something that develops really well for the next couple of years. They've got really strong forwards. I don't think they need another one there. There's not a great center until we get to the 20s and the projected picks. Um, they really need a shooter. So um, Keontae George, he was a 37% shooter. So the more I'm talking about it, the worse I feel. Uh, any immediate reaction, guys? I really, it's an interesting really, one, Alex. Yeah, I yeah, really thought about Taylor one. Hendricks um, at six, but I... I couldn't do it. Yeah, it just worries me empowering the wrong sort of creator here a little bit. You know, he has a few of those shot jacking tendencies into and, you know, just struggling to finish inside the rim as well, you know, lack of general feel, I think. And I know he does have a smooth stroke, but I feel that's fairly you can find that a little bit later. So it's probably I would have gone a more, you know, higher IQ, high feel player here, but you know, the, the Magic are a difficult roster to build around. You know, they're very, a little bit Raptors-like in terms of very long, and they do have a lot of players that have question marks over them. So, yeah, interesting one. 
I really should have taken Taylor Hendricks. He shoots 10% more from the field and almost 40% from three. He's a forward, so it wigged me out. I really should have taken him. All right, let's just move on really quickly before I can change my answer. Yuri Bilsic from Perth. You are now the Indiana Pacers with the seventh pick, and you select. Jarris Walker from the University of Houston. So the reason why I've got Jarris selecting him at like number it. seven overall is that Indiana needs a defensive forward. Rick Carlisle, their coach at his end-of-season press conference, mentioned about the team needing that defensive wing because that was a problem for them last season, the Pacers. I think especially when Tyrese Halliburton went down and, of course, they were 23-18 early January, then their woes really came to fruition from there. But I feel as though he's a little bit on the smaller side of that power forward. I think he's about six foot seven, and is almost that shape and mold of a Larry Johnson. That's what sort of reminds me a little bit of that bully ball when they put him down in the post and he can go to work. He's a solid offensive rebounder too. He can. He's a solid shot blocker in it. In its, shall I say, solid shot blocker for what he's done during his time at collegiate level and. It fits the mold nicely of the paces, especially with him and Miles Turner in the front court. And they don't have to depend so much on having to play Aaron Neesmith at power forward, which at times they did start him in that position during the course of last season. And on the likes of Jordan Nawara, who isn't an excellent, who's not a great perimeter defender. So this is probably the right selection for the paces moving forward. And just for that defensive solidity, I think. Comps, uh, Larry Johnson, um, and I know he can play the small ball five as well. He's six foot seven, if I'm not mistaken, Yuri. Um, no further thoughts on Jairus Walker, I'm guessing. So we'll move on to the next pick. Ben, Washington at number eight. I'll stop that stand when we get to 10. Let's just... <laughs> so you'll certainly get my thoughts here. So I'm pretty delighted that... Uh, so two players in a pretty high tier, you know, part before where we are now have gotten down to me here at these two picks so I'm very happy so a saw I'm going to take here a saw Thompson and he was the best Thompson twin for me I actually would have taken him at four so I'm pretty delighted with him I just like spoken about the the feel and the tenacity and you know just the competitiveness of the two twins and you know just I'm really about size combined with IQ and I believe he brings that as well Chris Paul is going to be out of there and he's 37 anyway so I just think that you know he's naturally going to take he can take on some primary responsibility and get some playmaking reps this year as well so really love that pick um in terms of him he played with his brother of course for in the G League so um really big on steals and blocks as an indicator of talent and you know just general IQ and feel as well I'm really big on that um good playmaker uses his um, quick twitch and, you know, his length really well as well. You know, we get some players who, you know, don't have that IQ to match their length and their bodies that they have. And I feel that's not the case with him. He's quite good in that. In general, I don't think he'll shoot. Like I think the percentages indicate that he's never going to be a great shooter, but I just like getting that playmaking in there. You're probably going to have to get another, you know, we're not picking in the top four or top three or the top of the draft. You're not going to get that really franchise-changing player in this spot. So I love getting some IQ in there, you know, can be a secondary or third option depending on what you do with moves down the line. And I think he's slightly better than his brother just in terms of his mechanics aren't quite as broken. He's better percentages, those steal and block numbers as well. And he's a competitor as well. So really happy to get him there. Comps for I saw Thompson is an elite Sean Livingston. And I think that'd be pretty handy for the Washington Wizards or any team really. Uh, if there's no thoughts on that one, Yuri or Tom, Ben, you've got the next pick again. I'm just going to play the sound again, just so you feel great about yourself. 
Utah Jazz come up to the stage with the ninth overall pick and select. So very similar reasons, and I've got Lonzo as a bit of a comp here, a bit of a thinner Lonzo, and Anthony Black from Arkansas as well, 6'6". Slightly bigger wingspan, a little bit thin, but he's got good size for a guard. Um, You know, good feel for the game, good steal numbers, 2.1 steals a game. A few turnovers, but I think he was trying things, and that's a result of that. Um, Again, jump shot a bit broken, and you're getting a bit of a theme here. But, you know, (laughs) I feel there's a lot of flaws with players. They either have feel or they can shoot in this draft class. So, you know, free throw percentage is bad. Um, volume, which is an indicator that they're not actually comfortable taking them. And, you know, general finishing isn't great, but I just like his ability to set things up. Great team defender, great positional defender. And in Utah, I think just some IQ in that backcourt with Sexton and Clarkson, you know, it's a bit lacking at the moment. So getting that in there is really handy as well. And I just love those high field players. Again, we're not picking right at the top where you have those primary, you know, game-changing prospects. So I'm really happy to get him here. Yuri, Tom, any thoughts on that pick? Utah's a tough it's a one. Good I don't one. know what to do. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because you know, last season, right, Alex, it was almost as though Danny Age was like, we're going to rebuild the team around Walker Kessler and Laurie Markin and then try and, you know, build through the draft, which, of course, they're doing. So it's a real, I think, interesting position where Utah Jazz currently sit. And I think once they sort of do build up those draft assets and then try and acquire more of those future first-round picks, they can try to possibly get an all-star caliber type player to Utah, even though it's very limited because of the small market and considering, again, so many teams are small market teams. So, yeah, it's just one of those ones, I think, where I think it's good for them moving forward. And I think to have that real sort of nucleus in a way too with a young core right there because – Laurie Markin is, what, 26, and Walker Kessler is, what, 22. So it's a pretty, yeah, again, it's a pretty young group that they've got. And I think once they sort of build that chemistry alongside one another on the court, then they're going to be sort of right back where they were only those handful of seasons ago. Yuri, 10th pick in the draft, the Dallas Mavericks. Um Okay, I'll just let you go and then maybe I'll think about a trade depending on who you pick. No worries. This is probably going to be a little bit surprising, but I've got Derek Lively, the second out of the University of Duke. The reason why? Yes, the reason why is because Dallas desperately needs a rim protector. It's an absolutely must. They'll arguably one of the worst defensive sides during the regular season and gave up so many paint points it wasn't even funny. He basically would clean up that right away. He's a tremendous shot blocker, tremendous weak side help defender. Even though I think his rebounding is a little bit hit and miss at times, which is arguably strange enough for a guy who's seven foot two, he can improve upon that and it would help the Mavericks so much because when they lost Maxi Kleber, right, they're five. And even though Kleber isn't a shot blocker, he's arguably their best switching big man. So they get him healthy and draft Derek Lively a second with their 10th overall pick, then it'll at least go some way to helping out their defensive woes. So that's the reason why it may be a bit of a surprising selection. I don't know if you heard me typing that. I'm rapidly looking up what picks the Pelicans have after number 14 to see if I've got anything to offer you for that one. Um, I think it's a good pick for the Mavs. In my notes, I don't know if um, Ben or Tom, if you've got anything different. In my notes as a negative, I've got uh, has the label gentle giant, needs a good coach or will fail. Um, So we'll see. 
We'll see. Yeah, I know it's a pretty harsh on him. I I just feel his type of player is very easy, easily replaceable. You can sort of you can get those sort of players in the second round. Like obviously, now his jump shot does look pretty good. He's obviously got that length, but outside of that, he really does. You know, he's your typical sort of bench big men, and you know that they'll hope he'll turn into more. So I don't love it at ten, but Dallas do need it. So it's the it's the only team that it makes sense for for me. I'd I'd like to trade down and get him a bit later if I could, if I was Dallas. But you know, in the circumstances. But in general, I'm just not a fan of running draft capital in that way. Yuri, I think if he can, him and Luca can develop that chemistry on court too. I think that will really help having that lob threat. I think that's something that Dallas didn't quite have at times last season. And I think that's something that can at least sort of ploy to because, of course, last season the Mavericks with Luka and dribbling the ball, what, 18, 19 seconds of the 24-second shot clock, they just need that different dimension offensively. Okay, guess we're moving on. Again, it's me with Orlando at number 11, and um, I, I am torn. There's still some good um, – look, Taylor Hendricks is still on the board, and I had him picked as the sixth best prospect. So I'm pretty surprised he's 11. Uh, he's a 40% three-point shooter. He is a forward, and I've talked about that log jam at forward um, in the Magic. Another guy I was looking at um, – have we already picked Carson Wallace? I don't think we've picked Carson Wallace. Is that who I was looking at? I'm all turned around. I was looking at Grady yeah. Dick for Orlando as well. I thought maybe that's a bit of a reach to pick um, Grady here. He's a knockoff Steph Curry or Reggie Miller, 40% shooter in motion. Um, this is the hard part about hosting is I haven't had a, a second to think about what I'll actually pick now that things have started moving. Uh, Tom, propose me a trade for number 11. You've got 12 and 13 at OKC in Toronto. Who do you want desperately? And I'll, I'll trade you. No, there's no one. There's no one I'm that desperate to get. I, I had uh, Deontay George uh, going to the Raptors, but that he slid right up on the uh, rankings. And Yuri took it. Uh, no, when uh, Alex took him, you took him originally for Orlando. At Orlando, yeah. Um, look, I picked him because of his three point shooting. Um, so I might defend my thought process for Orlando, and I'm gonna take a bit of a reach and pick Grady Dick out of Kansas, the knockoff Reggie Miller. Um, the lax on him is he's he's not quick off the dribble and he is going to get targeted on defense. Six foot six, but he's skinny. Um, he's not strong. Does shoot 40% from the three and does not stop moving off ball. Um, so I think between Orlando, um, Keontae George and Grady Dick, they hope one of them sticks and becomes a good shooter to complement that great force they've got in the front court. Oh, that was tough. I wanted him much later. <laughs> Can I just have the pick back as the Bulls and I'll give you Vooch back? Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> I think we pay the tw- like the 10th pick or the 11th pick in the draft like $3 million a year compared to 20-something Vooch is going to want. Um, all right, we'll just stop with that fun sound. Tom, you can have OKC at the 12th pick. Who have you got? So I've got a trade that I've come up with. but Our it's first not, trade. It's not- it's not for it's not for anyone, any of the teams that are on the board, though. So am I allowed to propose it? or You can propose it. All right, so OKC, they need a small forward because they've got SGA at point guard, Giddy at shooting guard, Chet Holmgren coming back at center, and then you've got Jalen Williams who can sort of play that guard forward sort of combo. Dort can also play sort of power forward, small forward, and then Pokerchewski, power forward center. Now, I this I don't know if uh, both teams would agree to this, but OKC have a bunch of draft picks and they've just, they keep coming for years and years to come. If you open up any trade machine, it's kind of ridiculous how many they have. 
So I'm proposing that they trade out pick 12 this year, the 2024 Houston's round one pick, 2024 uh, round one pick of their own, 2026 Houston's round one pick, and the rights to swap uh, their round one pick in 2026 to the Brooklyn Nets for Mikel Bridges. Oh. So I've got on my notes here why the Nets would do it. So they can recoup some more lost draft picks from that hardened trade because let's be real, I don't think those Suns draft picks are going to be that handy. Uh, they can bet on the Rockets to just continue to being a mess, which, you know, you never know with a new coach and sort of all these young players, you never know, but you can't really see them in that West making much uh, ground up in these next couple of years. And there's a chance to rebuild this whole entire team and culture after the whole Katie and Curry debacle. And then why OKC would do it, I think Bridges would slot into this team perfectly. He's soon to be 27. He's a good culture guy, great three-point shooter. He can carry the scoring load. Good defender. He's always healthy, and he's got a great contract. So that that's what I'd be proposing if I was OKC. We can take a vote on it. Um, I'll be the tiebreaker. So Ben and Yuri, do you approve of this trade? The Brooklyn Nets uh, swapping into the twelfth spot for a haul of picks. Yeah. So Yuri, I'm not really sure to be honest. I think the Nets should keep Mikael Bridges. So I have to be the tiebreaker. If I'm going to do this as Brooklyn, Tom, who am I picking? Because you would then become Brooklyn at the 12th pick. Is there something that interests them? Do they want to take somebody or do we just knock this back completely? I, 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 to be honest with you, I, don't, I didn't really look at it from the 12th pick perspective. I just sort of threw that in. <laughs> I, I threw that in as more of a sweetener. It's more from the sense of just they get that massive draft hole coming back the other way. And then also on the other side with OKC, they have so many other draft picks. It doesn't even matter if they lose all these draft picks. They have like, I think another six more in the first round over the next like seven, eight years. So it's not like they lose any capital, but yeah, look, if anyone was going to say no, it'd be the, uh, the Nets, I'd say. Look, I'll, I'll be the executive decision. I'll be a stickler and I ask for one more first round pick for the Nets. Yeah. I'd, I'd say OKC probably would then probably consider saying no, just that. And then, in saying that, they would then probably take, uh, who I will now take with the 12 pick, uh, Biel Koulibaly. Oh, no. Not, not, not 100% oh. sure if that's the uh, right pronunciation, but look, he was uh, Wemby's teammate at uh, Metro 92 in France. 10.9 points per game, 4.1 rebounds per game, 1.4 steals per game, 52, 53.2% from the field, 33.6% uh, from three. But he's a you know two-way player. He's six foot seven. But he has a seven foot three wingspan, which is just insane. And he's got such a, you know, according to the notes, uh, he's got a high IQ without ball. And he should he should be a solid role player on this OKC side with you know huge defensive upside. Um, look, Midas's ball handling is not great, and he's apparently prone to offensive fouls due to reckless drives. And he's not yeah. a great passer, uh, or he's not, a, and he's not a huge jump shooter off dribbles. But I just think the defensive upside of a guy with a seven foot three wingspan. It's just insane. Like, imagine having to go up against that or shooting a floater or, you know, even just like the chance of the perimeter. We see someone like Robert Williams from the Celtics who can just block guys, even though he's still standing in the paint. And that's what is expected of Wemby. And I feel like Koulibaly could be the same sort of guy. So he, he slid up a lot of draft rankings in the last couple of days. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets taken in the top 12. Can I offer you a trade, Tom, for that pick? <laughs> Whoa, what, what do you got? Uh, so the New Orleans Pelicans, two picks behind at 14. So I'd offer you 14, and I'm looking through what they've got now. I think um, they owe some picks next year. Hang on. Pelicans picks 2023 quickly. <laughs> what does 14 this year? 
none of these are really good. They've got the Lakers first next year, but I don't know if I want to give that up. The only thing I could really offer is you've got the Pelicans first next year and Milwaukee's first next year. If it's it's one team that doesn't need more first-round picks, it's okay, see? So I I think they'd decline on that one. Okay. Well, congratulations, Tom. Go back-to-back with the 13th pick at the Toronto Raptors. Uh, I've been a bit, I've been a bit flustered with this one because I did have, uh, you know, Keontae George going at this one, not thinking that anyone was going to take him <laughs> this high. Um, so, on, uh, you know, doing it on the fly here, doing an audible, I'll go with uh, Kobe Bufkin from Michigan. Uh, so, according to the Ringers' notes, he's a wing, six foot four, average fourteen points a game, thirty five point five percent from three. Um, look, he, apparently, he's got a good feel for the game. Good on-ball defender, pull-up threat, a lot of hustle. Um, on the downside, he can kind of get out of control as times the ball handle and you know, commits careless turnovers. Um, and he's a bit of an unproven shooter off the dribble. Uh, but, look, I, I think Toronto at this sort of pick will just have a, a flyer. Uh, it doesn't really matter who they pick, in my opinion. They're going to have to blow everything up and they'll probably look to sort of recruit some assets uh, from maybe trading Siakam. Uh, and OG Ananobi to news to come. And with Gary Trent Jr. opting into his contract and reportedly looking to extend, you'd think they'd build around him and Scotty Barnes for the future. As a Toronto Raptors fan, I like that pick. I'm surprised you didn't pull a flyer on uh, Taylor Hendricks. He was uh, projected to go about six, um, 40% three-point shooter, but I like Kobe as well. Um, he was an improved shooter this year. Ben, Yuri, thoughts on that one? Nothing. I see him as a pretty... Raptors-type player, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they took him. I do I think Kentucky's probably the main one, but also Michigan are really good at developing role players as well, and I think you really fit in well in Toronto. Uh, I'm going to hit the sound to delay my thought process seven seconds so I can quickly find a forward or centre for the New Orleans Pelicans at 14. Oh, this is so tough. The Pelicans, I think, are a tough spot as well. Um, they do need, in my mind a backup center for when JV is out, uh, particularly if they're looking at Zion not being healthy. They played Brandon Ingram at the five for very small stretches last year. You could pick James Naji. He's projected at 24 from the ring. I out of Barcelona. Um, he's six foot 10 as center young guy. Um, I don't know if this is correct, Ben. I've, I've pinched some of your comparisons and stats and he's a 67% three point shooter. Did he just take two out of three all year? Like what, what's happened there? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, the other way you could go is uh, Taylor Hendricks, the uh, projected six pick. Um, his comp is Jeremy Grant. He is a forward, six foot eight. Is it too small for that spot? The Pelicans want. Ah, oh, God. You've already put James Nagy in there, Ben. So I'm going to pick James Nagy. You've put in there a little draft update. <laughs> I think the Pelicans need size. I don't think they're going to make a trade uh, down to get anything else. I'm just looking at the board and everyone else who's a center is doesn't entice me. You got Tristan Vukovic, um, who looks like a Laurie Markinen type at 34. No, nah, let's go James Nagy. Moving the on. in the draft can really free up the paint for Zion. You reckon? 67%. Yeah, 67%. <laughs> yeah. Yuri, 15th pick with Atlanta. So I got selecting Carson Wallace from the University of Kentucky. They Atlanta needs defensive perimeter point guards and that was a short area lacking last season and I think when Quinn Snyder took over midway through last season that they did 
slightly improving away too, but they just need that defensive type guard to really help out and just to be able to sort of bring that real presence on the floor. And I think that's why I've got him selected at that pick. I think Miami could have well selected him with the 18th pick overall, but I just think for Atlanta's needs, and especially if they want to make that run and get back to being in a, as a top six Eastern Conference side, then they're going to have to go down this route and really select defensive-oriented guys who can make a difference on the floor and at least hopefully address some of those woes in a way too defensively. All righty. Any thoughts on that pick out of Atlanta? I think that's a pretty fair pick, Yuri. This is when the draft either starts getting real interesting and you start picking flyers or it gets a little bit boring for everybody. Uh, ben, you have the 16th pick in Utah. It's the Wolves pick that they've got. Who are you picking with number 16? Yeah, so with this one, I'm pretty happy to get another slider after I got a few sliders before as well. So um, got Anthony Black before, got a bit more IQ out there, but I'm going to take a bit of a stretch four for them here. So they got Walker Kessler locked in there. Um, Taylor Hendricks, I think he can space the floor as well. You know, good indicators. You know, shot it well in college, good volume, good free throw, um, good mechanics as well. Generally pretty efficient player. Um, he's quite thin though. He will need to add a bit of size. But you got Walker Kessler there and he can sort of mess things up around the perimeter and with his team defense as well. Um, don't want him making any decisions, but we've already got three, you know, pretty high usage guards there. Uh, yeah, a bit of a plug and play player. I think now they're not really that close to contending, but a good valuable piece to have, um, you know, with the, that set of size and, you know, off ball, you know, doesn't need to have the ball in his hands or anything like that to provide value. Slides from six to 16. I think that's a good pickup, Ben. Tom, any thoughts on that or do you want to move on? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm happy to move on, but uh, we'll see. You've got we'll one see. pick left. Are you yeah, just going off number 20 at Houston? Is that what's happening? Yeah, I'm just I'm chilling it back here at Houston, you know, in, in all its uh, entirety. All right, Ben, back to back. You've got the Lakers at 17. Very interested in what you do here. Uh, do you go conventional with their needs or do you take a flyer on somebody? Uh, probably a plug and play guy, but any, any trade offers here to definitely not buy me time to <laughs> do my research here. Uh, look, I'm just, I've got gold set at 19. I'm trying to think if there's anything worth moving up to 17 for, but I'm sorry, mate. I don't think there really is anything. Um, Tom, yeah. you haven't had a pick in like minutes. You should be formulating and plotting in the back of your head. Well, I've got, I've got a guy who I think might slide to, who, who might be still there at 20. So I'm, I'm happy just sitting at the moment. Ben, time's up. You got, I'll play the sound for you too. So you get an extra seven seconds. The Los Angeles Lakers pick. So I'll get LeBron another shooter for him to use his IQ and get those passes out too. So I don't love the pick. Probably would look to trade out of it, not just because I was trying to buy time, but generally I think they'd like someone a bit more plug and play. But he is a little bit um, like that. You know, you're going to have Davis and LeBron dominating the ball, good shooter off the ball, um, good stroke, good percentages, good indicators there. So don't want him, again, with a little bit similar to my last pick, don't want him making decisions or really being inside the perimeter and his defense isn't great either like you'd like those three and d players around lebron but just get him in the rotation and out there on the um perimeter if they need who are you picking did i miss the name jet howard jet howard okay yep sorry yeah so yeah so i think that they need shooting around lebron and you know that's probably his main in my notes that's what his main point is just as long as he's not making decisions and he's a bit of a rotational player i think he's okay there don't love the pick but i think it's the best you can do in this situation 
Tom, Yuri, I don't know if you've got thoughts on this. I actually love that pick for the Lakers. Um, he projects as shades of Desmond Bain, who I absolutely adore watching play basketball. Um, high IQ and effort on D. Son of Jawan Howard, so you know the pedigrees there. Um, you maybe Jawan Howard's going to be around, hanging out with LeBron <laughs> a bit. I don't know if they cross paths. My memory's kind of stretching at the moment. I think that's a great pick, actually. Yeah, I think so too, Alex. And what the Lakers, I think, retort as we've spoken about countless times on the show about having perimeter shooters surrounding LeBron because I think that's where, with LeBron's sides in Cleveland, Miami, operated best, having elite three-point shooters spacing the floor and be able to really start that kick-drive game with LeBron facilitating. So I think, again, just fitting into how the Lakers roster looks, I think that's definitely the right move, especially when they play LeBron at the power forward spot. How could I forget John Howard played a Miami Heat with LeBron James? So there you go. That's a, a Nepo baby pick as well. Um, Yuri, we'll stick with you. Number 18 in Miami. Very interested to see what you do here. Yeah, it's actually a very interesting selection I did take, Alex, because I was selecting, was thinking of selecting him probably at eight, at 15, shall I say, as well. But actually, you've gone, actually, shall I say, I've got Nick Smith Jr. from the University of Arkansas, a point guard. And don't know exactly what's going to happen with Miami at this stage with the whole Damian Lillard trade rumors, perhaps. But with Nick Smith Jr., he can bring instant offense in a way too. He's a excellent shot maker as well. He, although he can be streaky at the best of times, he delivers what Miami does need, and that's more offensive production. Defensively, they're fine. It's just on the offensive end where we saw during the regular season where points were really hard to come by. They finished bottom five for points four during the regular season. And taking that pressure off of Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, when Tyler Hero comes back from his broken hand for the start of next season, I think it's going to help Miami's offense. And plus, he's a capable three-point shooter too. And that's where Miami had their struggles during the course of last season, even though during the playoffs they were the number one team. So I just believe that would be the right fit for the Heat going forward. Golden State Warriors is my pick at number 19. Tom, we've been talking about a trade this entire app and we haven't produced one. Do you want to trade up to 19? Who have you got your eye on? I'll take the old semi-pro. I'll take a washing machine and a couple of sandwiches just to trade up. Oh, He's thinking make, about it too. Make, make the pick first and then we'll, then we'll see. 19 for Golden State's tough. They're going to need someone to plug and play uh, straight away. Sorry, I just got to move Jet Howard off my board. Who did you pick just then, Yuri? That was Nick Smith Jr.? I don't think I took him off my board. That's all right. I wasn't going to pick him anyway. With Golden State, I feel like they're either going to need someone to replace Jordan Poole, who's probably been outgoing, so they need a shooter. Or um, in my mind, Claire Thompson's probably, this is the last really good year for him, and he takes a backseat role. So I'm looking at someone who can have high IQ or a really good three-point shooter. I've never seen a second of this guy play basketball, but Brandon Posiminski out of Santa Clara is a 44% three-point shooter. Um, the comp from Kevin O'Connor at the ringer is shades of D'Lo. I'm not really sure I like that, um, but I'm thinking maybe he can play off the bench. His pluses are a good playmaker, limits turnovers, good rebounder for his style, and picks up lots of those stocks, those steals and blocks. Uh, here's a poor defender, which I'm not really sure goes with everything I just said about Golden State. The other guy I was looking at uh, was Jordan Hawkins, but um, uh, he excelled actually last year as a three-point shooter, but in his first year at UConn, he wasn't that great. Um, I'm happy with Brendan Posimitsky. I'll look him up after the show. I'm sure he's good. I'm sure he's fine. Should I pick someone else there? I know um, uh, Chris Murray's still on the board. I don't know if that's what you're eyeing off, Tom. 
No, no, I'm not. I, I, to be honest with you, uh, from a Warriors perspective, I would have thought they might want to probably pick up a bit of size at that center position because, uh, you know, they relied heavily on Kevon Looney. And when he did go down with a bit of illness in the Lakers series, I believe it was. They, so who are you uh, picking? Is there another center on the board you want? Because I really struggle. No, There's a Laurie Markkinen comp at um, Tristan Vukovic, but I don't know where he was plugged to go. No, well, as I'm picking for Houston, I've sort of uh, gone into the Ime Adoka sort of mindset of the defense. And the one thing that he did like to do with the Celtics, and he had the luxury of because of the five uh, starting five he had in that final series, was he likes to switch. And so for that reason, I'm going to pick Olivia Maxine Prosper from Marquette, uh, who six foot seven, 12.5 points per game, 4.7 rebounds per game. Uh, 51.2% from the field, 33.9% from the three. So, he, you know, he's not a center per se, but he's, he's, he can sort of play uh, bigger when need to. Um, and look, he's got a seven foot one wingspan and his defense is apparently his strongest uh, asset as well as his athleticism and interior scoring. He's very versatile, so it will really fit that switchability uh, that Adoka likes. And he's got role player sort of tendencies. He likes getting a loose ball and chase down rebounds. And apparently his transition defense is quite good as well. Um, look, apparently he's, he has no playmaking abilities and he's prone to turnovers, even off handoffs. But I feel like that's something that he can just improve as time goes on. Uh, and apparently he just has a bit of hesitancy, hesitancy when he just wants to go straight to the bucket. And he just sort of does like a spin move unnecessarily. But it, again, these are things that can clean. He'll clean up. It's it's not like you're expecting someone to come to the Houston Rockets and be a finished product. So I'd go with that. The, the other option I was considering changing to since no one had picked him was Noah Clowney, but I've, I've stuck with the guy I'd originally had down in my notes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have got any surprises about who's still on the board. Um, Jalen Hood-Shfino was the 13th projection pick. He's still left there. Yuri, Tom, Ben, anyone you thought might go hanging around? Uh, I think that uh, should I say, I, I don't think so, actually. Just having a look through... The whole mock draft, I oh, think, is I can read accurate. a couple to you. Yeah, Bryce Senebaugh was projected 16. I've got in my notes hashtag bust emoji. So I, he's got two meniscus tears. I think that's a bit of a problem. Um, Noah Clownley, we spoke about. Nick Smith Jr., um, he projects as a Tyler Heroes. Oh, no, you picked him at 18. Sorry. I did. Yeah. My apologies. Uh, Colby Jones has got no floater, but uh, similar to Malcolm Brogdon. Um, a name we've heard a lot over the last couple of years, but hasn't got anywhere is Armani Bates. Um, he's got like a, a tall Bones Highland thing going on, but he's got, he's a liability in defense. He's got attitude problems. He's not explosive. So he's someone you could take a flyer on if you've got a good culture around him. Um, and another one, I'll, this is the last thing I'll say, then I'll throw it back to you guys. I really thought about Andrew Funk out of Penn State. I don't know where he's projected to grow something outside the 30s. His comps are, um, they're Buddy Heald and Joe Harris. He's a 42% three-point shooter, but he's slow. Uh, so I thought maybe with some time and some time to develop, he'd be an interesting, a great last name, Funk. Um, Tom, over to you, then Ben, then Yuri for any last thoughts. My my last sort of thoughts, it's a bit of a bold call, but outside of the Spurs, because I think they're basically having their own draft with that number one pick. It's 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 not even fair. Um, but outside of that, I think whoever doesn't draft Scoot is going to regret it. Uh, so I, I think if Charlotte decides to pass up on him because of the positional fit, I think they're going to end up regretting it. Uh, and then if Portland do decide that they, they want to draft someone, but they don't want to have to trade Dame and they try to bring in, you know, like a uh, one of the Thompson twins or Cam Whitmore, 
to sort of fit their system and, and play alongside Dan a bit better, I think they'll regret it too. So that, that's my take. Ben, final thoughts? Uh, pretty happy with my draft. I just wanted to say on 12 as well with Koulibaly, I'm pretty sure that's what OKC are going to do. That's a very OKC-like pick. But what do we reckon the best name in the draft is? I reckon um, obviously Funk's a good one, but Gigi Jackson too is a pretty good name. Gigi Jackson, that's a great one. I'm just looking through some of the guys we didn't pick. Um, Adama Senogogo. Senog- oh, maybe I've pronounced that wrong. See, already I'm butchering. I'm going to get in trouble. Um, Yuri, best name left in the draft and then final thoughts. I haven't really thought about the best name in the draft that we haven't selected yet, Alex. I'm just sort of, I think with some of the selections as well, the Indiana one, I think they'll definitely go with Jarris Walker. I think Detroit may be another one too that could use him, but I think with Cam Whitmore, I think there's a bit more of that, shall I say, probably they've already got enough defensive players, I think, Detroit to really build around. It's just having more of that wing wing guy to really complement what they're doing with Kay Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. And what Indiana needs anyway is a defensive forward, basically, who can take on the assignment of guarding the opposition's best small forward, power forward. So I definitely think that will be the selection or the route where Indiana goes come the draft. And I think Dallas as well, it may be surprising what I have selected with Derek Lively the second as the 10th pick, but it's a must for them in terms of rim protection because – they were so porous defensively oh, last like season, pick, Dallas. Yeah. yeah, it was just something that – it was really strange, right, Alex? Because a season ago when Dallas made the conference finals, they were a solid defensive team. And then for whatever reason, they completely fell apart and thought, oh, bringing in JaVale McGee would have helped solidify or slash anchor their defense. And his minutes completely went down the gurgle drain. So I just believe as though this is definitely the right choice and – who knows come the draft, Alex? So I've I thought about long and hard as well. And I think we talked about Sunday. Orlando could well use him too to back up Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah. So depending on which route the Magic goes, then only time will tell in that. All right. To recap how this shook out at the first ever annual 2023 NBA Mojo Sports, there's a lot of acronyms and things going into this. We're going to do this every year if I'm around. Victor Wembanyama at number one, the San Antonio Charlotte picked Brandon Miller at number two, which makes Portland very happy. Scoot Henderson going number three. Uh, Ahmed Thompson comes out at four at Houston while Cam Mitwall goes to Detroit. I think uh, Jack Brophy's going to be very happy about that. I've picked Keontae George at Orlando, the shooter. Jarris Wallace at Indiana at seven. Osa Tom- uh, Thompson at Washington at eight, which would be interesting. I think he'd probably get a, a lot of playing time there. Anthony Black, Utah, nine. Dallas have Derek Lively, the second. Is it Derek Lively the second or Derek Lively Jr.? Is there a real distinction or is that just a stylistic thing? I've got I no think idea. It's a stylistic thing. Like, yeah. it's, it's probably just best if I leave that. They picked that at 10. Orlando picked Grady Dick at 11. I'm super happy he was there. He, uh, defensive liability, but who cares? Bilal Koulibaly, number 12 at OKC, while the Raptors for 13 picked Kobe Bufkin. Pelicans, 14. James Naji, Atlanta, 15. Kaysen Wallace. Utah 16, Taylor Hendricks, who fell 10 spots from his projected number six spot. He's a good player. I don't think we mentioned um, shades of Jeremy Grant, so he does project to be pretty well-rounded. Um, Jet Smith, uh, I almost said Jet Smith. Jet Howard, son of um, Juwan Howard at 17 to the Lakers. I think that's a really interesting pick. Miami have Nick Smith Jr. at 18. Brandon Pozeminski, I hope I'm saying that right, because I picked him at 19 for the Warriors. 
and Oliver Marcens Prosper at Houston for number 20. Gentlemen, this is very fun. Ben McQueen, thank you very much for joining us. We, we, we'll chat to you all the time. Tom and Yuri, I hope you had fun too. I'll see you guys. Ben, uh, you're the guest. You're the debutant. We'll leave you with the final thoughts. Uh, great stuff, guys. Ben, do it again next year. You're not even going to plug our Instagram show, uh, our Instagram handle at Mojo Sports Network. Oh, you got to do something, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, while, while you're there, do you want to tell uh, all of our listeners in France who are still listening, all three of them, uh, to leave us a podcast review? Yeah, definitely. So, guys, check us out on all our Instagrams. We've got branch accounts there now and all our podcasts coming out weekly as well. We're pretty busy. We've only got about six shows coming out each week. So, make sure you check them out if you're into some other sports as well. But thanks for tuning in. He's a pro. He had that in the chamber ready to go. That was great. (laughs) Thanks, guys. That was a lot of fun. I'll see you, uh, Tom and Yuri, in a couple more days. Cheers, Alex. Really looking forward to us always.